We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Finding Freedom, um, the third episode of Finding Freedom this week. This has been an absolutely crazy week. Of course, uh, on Tuesday, there was a bonus episode with Scott Horton. Thursday was the normal Thursday episode. And then today, Saturday, um, it's our Nittany edition of Finding Freedom, or of any of, of the uh, the shows that we do here. Um, once a month, a uh, Nittany and above level subscriber to the Lions of Liberty Pride is able to produce a show. And, uh, you know, I've recorded so many shows recently that it's got to be a bonus show. So you guys get a bonus show on a Saturday. And this episode is brought to you by Matt McKinley. He is the uh, the producer of today's show, the Nittany producer. And uh, what Matt wanted to do, he wanted to come on and talk some cowboy shit and uh, have a good time. Matt is the host of the Burning Daylight podcast. Uh, he brought on his producer, Katie, to uh, share some drinks with Brian McWilliams and myself. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And if you want to join the pride, if you want to, uh, you know, maybe join at the Nittany or above level and, you know, produce your own show, go ahead and do that. Go over to Patreon dot com slash lions of liberty and you can join the pride right now and uh, listen early to the episode the debate between dave smith and tho bishop which took place last week and our current pride members were able to watch it live in our facebook group but you can still hear it it's released to our pride right now so it's coming out next week but you can hear it now just go to patreon.com slash lions of liberty all right let's get into this episode of libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor all right bum 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 here we are another well i say another lildl like we've done one of these recently i do not remember the last one but for those of you new listeners who haven't heard us before, do a Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. That's what we got, L-I-L-D-L. And it's live, so it's L-I-L-D-L-L. L. Um, well, it's live if you're in the, it's live if you're in the uh, Lions of Liberty Pride. If you're not, then you're an idiot. And uh, you should probably go to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty and join it right now. So I guess I would just introduce the crew here. We got a... Uh, a new cast of characters, but we got one familiar idiot. So let's go to him first. You're talking, you're, I thought you were talking about yourself being the familiar idiot. I I don't know where I would be lumped in with idiocy. Yeah, what, you talking about me, Brian McWilliams? Number one in the hood? Future yeah, number one in the hood, candidate? <laughs> number 10 in your hearts. Well, hopefully. At least, I'm in the, at least I made the top 10, though. That's pretty good. Most people wouldn't even be in the top 50, I think, so... Yeah, yeah, good to be here. Excited to talk some cowboy shit. Let's go. Me too. Yeah, we got, uh, speaking of cowboy shit, we got some some cowboys and cowgirls. Is that the right term? Uh, Something Matt, like that. Matt McKinley <laughs> from the Burning Daylight podcast. If you've been listening to uh, my show recently, 
been uh, having some some ads put in there. So, Matt, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, enjoying the late spring uh, snowstorm we got going on outside. It is sun's starting to peek through, but we got about yeah, about four inches of snow since uh, about three hours ago. So that's pretty neat. Damn. What yeah. state are you in? Uh, Western Nevada. I'm uh, I'm about 20 miles from the California line, but but that's ridiculous. Uh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. Yeah, it's high desert, and you never know. It's uh, I think I think we had a snow right about the same time last year. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, we're out here in the middle of nowhere, just punching cows, <laughs> punching cows, punching and cows. Uh, also joined by young Katie up in Vermont, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Although I feel like my name needs to get moved to middle aged Katie pretty soon. I think we're we're transitioning out of that, but young Katie sounds better. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, not snowing here, thank goodness. So we're having nice weather, lots of pollen. So everybody's all stuffed up up here. And yep. uh, yeah, we just had our mask mandate lifted by our governor. So of course, no one's done it yet, but things are looking a little bit brighter. These, these sons of bitches. They, it's like I keep reading stories of people like, I'm never taking it off. I'm going to wear it as long as possible. It's like, why? Why? You're vaccinated. Oh. You don't need to. Especially the outdoor stuff. We've known there's no transmission outdoors. Now the CDC says do it outdoors and they're still like latching onto this concept. I mean, here in LA, I'm in LA County in, in uh, California. California still has a mask mandate. So I tried to go into Costco. They rejected me. Told me to put the goddamn mask back on. Yeah, our, I, uh, our local uh, municipal, I don't know what you call it, rec center where our pool is, where my daughter takes swim lessons, they didn't even like make an announcement or anything. They just took the sign down and uh, didn't say anything. And nobody's wearing a mask. So I'm like, sweet, awesome. No more masks. <laughs> How would it work if you're swimming anyway? I mean, you can't swim with a mask on, obviously. Well, you can't swim Normal. with a mask, but the messed up thing is like uh, her like swim coach or teacher, or whatever you call her, had to wear a mask when she was helping her learn how to swim, which is insane. <laughs> so, I mean, that's basically like being waterboarded. You're in the water. There's water splashing on cloth covering your mouth. That is what, that is waterboarding. That's what it is. Just hope you don't need a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little hard with a mask. That, uh, I mean, but it like double filters the COVID or something. I, I don't, Ooh. I'm not sure uh, how the I'm water not, in the I'm mask. Not a, not a physician <laughs> or, or a physics major either, but, uh, <laughs> It's it's the weirdest thing because I, I live out in the middle of nowhere. Like our our, our little valley where we live is about fifteen hundred people. Um, like we've got a, a little gas station slash convenience store and a couple bars and restaurants, and that's about it. And we're not far from civilization, but like it's a very rural county. And Nevada's weird because it, even though it went for Biden, uh, there's seventeen counties in the state, and he won two: Clark County and Washoe mm-hmm. County. Reno and Vegas. And the other 15 states, he basically said, fuck off. We're, uh, you know, I don't need you guys. You, did, you treated me bad. And, uh, and so we, uh, <clears throat> we're about two days behind most California mandates uh, here. But, like, out here in the sticks, nobody really pays attention. So it's just like I'm watching a movie this past year. Like, I talked to my mm-hmm. buddies. And, uh, and, like, I cowboy for a living, so we're pretty socially distanced naturally. I mean, I... I <laughs> The reason I find I, I know about you guys because I listen to podcasts while I'm riding my horse all day, and uh, I know Brian and Odie. You, I sent you guys some of my very first episodes, and I recorded mm-hmm. my first couple episodes while I was riding horse. And uh, how was the audio on those? Uh, it wasn't bad. 
It was, it was, a, it was for being on a horse. It wasn't as bad as you think it would be. <laughs> no, it's uh, it had it had some nice ambiance, but uh, and and I had zero training in audio editing, so my my you know learning curve was straight vertical. But uh, I mean, it wasn't bad, I guess. Uh, no, it wasn't back bad. It's it. just you know you're, you're trying to follow his his thought, and then you hear say, yeah, and just, you know, what? What's happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I can't imagine like uh, somebody from like your background not not having any clue what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm sure you're just like ah Jesus. You know? <laughs> but uh, it it really is just like watching a, a movie. And uh, I, I I was gonna make a meme of uh, I was gonna like Photoshop my face on uh, Nero, and instead of playing a violin, well, he's still playing a violin, but just playing it with a giant dildo, just telling silly <laughs> jokes as the world burns down around us. And uh, it's wild. I, like The closest I came to it, we, we had a little uh, pro-cop rally, or BLM was, was starting a rally at the, like, the next town over, and they, they had about 50 people show up, and then about 800 like pro-cop uh, conservative Trump people showed up in response and I had to drive through the middle of the damn thing to get groceries. And I was pissed off by both sides, which is kind of my, my typical life. So not much changed during this deal. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like on both sides of this, it always seems to be that way with, and I think this is like the majority of people, but people are too shy to speak up and say shit ever for fear of being canceled or fear of their neighbors, uh, not wanting to talk to them. But I mean, I have to think most people view the Capitol riots as, you know, this is some stupid shit over here. They view the BLM riots and protests as some stupid shit, even if they, at their core, might have questions about the election. Or they might think, yes, there is too much police violence. And yes, you know, we, that black people haven't been treated as we would like to have them been treated over these past years. But then you see the consequences of all these, these actions. And the everyday people are the ones who are suffering, who can't go to the store, who can't, you know, they've got their grocery stores burned down, their businesses burned down. Their schools closed down. You know, it's just like it's it's insane. But yet, I find it so frustrating that especially after this last year, it doesn't seem that you know the vocal majority or the actually the silent majority hasn't been speaking up. Like you still, it, it seems like nothing's changed despite all this shit. You, st- you still aren't seeing the pushback. You still aren't seeing people say, "Hey, look, shut up and sit down." And I mean, I, what do we do about it? I it's wild because uh, like. Most of my audience and the people I, I grow up, they're they're very much like the rugged individualist type. You know, it's I mean, it's the American cowboy, the rancher, the farmer. Um, but you like you, you start to peel back the layers of the onions, and you look at all the subsidies that the farmers get, and mm-hmm. and how a lot of them they're basically paid. I mean, like they're they're honestly really pissed if they have to pull out their combine and actually harvest a crop and not <laughs> right. collect uh, a you know government subsidized insurance payment. And uh, and then you got like these strong, like individualist, like just rugged rancher types walking around wearing a damn mask. And but they got to go to the doctor, whatever. And and it's hard to it's hard to bitch about them. And I mean, even even myself, I, I very wear, rarely wore a mask, but it's usually when I had to go to the city. So I just I, mm-hmm. I I avoid the cities naturally, anyways. But like this this past uh, week or so. Uh, just when I was traveling, going through the airport and everything, it's like then, then you like, oh, this is the, this is what the real world is. It's not you know mm-hmm. fucking green acres or anything out here. And like <laughs> everybody is just masked up and and paranoid. And just like, I know I come from the sticks, but I I have a like a 
I guess a little greater faith in humanity than than uh maybe I should even. But <laughs> I, I, boy, that 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 faith in humanity has sure uh, been weakened, I guess to say the least. Yeah, I, I got some faith back in humanity this past weekend with the uh, Libertarian. Well, not necessarily because of the result of the Libertarian Convention yeah. in Pennsylvania, but the uh, the Mises Caucus event, 350, 400 people, and not a single person wearing a mask, other than like the bartenders, you know, working there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could even tell that they by the end of it, they were just like pulling down their mask and being like, "Oh, okay, this is what we're gonna do." Um, <laughs> but it was. It was so refreshing, but even like walking out to the lobby and mingling with the uh, the normal hotel people out there who were just sitting around the bar, most of them were taking their masks off. So I feel like once people see other people peel, yeah. you know, pe- peel down their face shield, yeah. then they feel more comfortable. So it's gonna, I think it's gonna happen more quickly than uh, even in California. I think it'll happen more quickly than maybe you're expecting. I don't know, man. I hope. By the way, nice poster, Matt. Love it. Backwardless ah, lines, Liberty PDR. Right. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> right, right next to my bug flag and my uh, yep. Hat Creek Cattle Company sign. You can't be uh, a true cowboy without having some tribute to Lonesome Dove. So there we go. <laughs> <Nice>. um, <laughs> Did you cowboys been... also have to drink Coors Original? Is that a? Uh, uh, it That's doesn't. A it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. But I, I just like this stuff. I, I, mm. I went to college at uh, Colorado State, which is in Fort Collins, Colorado. At one point, had more microbreweries per capita in it than anywhere else in the in the U.S. But we're we're just about a half hour drive from the People's Republic of Boulder. Uh, mm. There, so with uh, with the good beer comes uh, the hipsters and the trust fund hippies and. Uh, and basically California. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to be honest, it's it's basically California uh, transplanted. Uh, my yeah, I'm I'm a native Coloradan. Uh, that's why my my boogaloo flag is Colorado. But I was wondering about that. Uh, All right. It's um yeah that that state is pretty well lost. Uh, yeah. I well, you know what? It, and maybe something will happen like what happened. I don't know if you guys saw, but Oregon just had five counties vote to leave and join mm-hmm. Idaho. Right. Wait, is Idaho? Yeah, <clears throat> Greater Idaho is. What yeah, and uh, so there you go. I, mean, that, I hope it succeeds. I hope the the secession secedes because um, you know that's like you know you got all these transplants coming in, ruining the state for the rest of the people that aren't mm-hmm. in the city hubs. And like you're talking about Biden in Nevada, winning Reno and Vegas, that's and it. basically taking the state. And if you looked, Biden won less counties mm-hmm. than any other president in the history mm-hmm. of the country. He literally won virtually nothing outside of major city centers, which is, yeah. you know, why why it's whenever somebody brings up abolishing the electoral college, I'm like, well, you go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself yeah. proper because you're seeing what will happen if you do that. You know what they would say to you, Brian? You know, land can't vote. Make love right? to me, Brian. That's what they'd say. <laughs> oh, land can't vote. <laughs> land can't vote. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's wild, uh, especially like because Nevada is such a weird state because it's two third or 70 percent of it is uh, federally owned uh, land, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. That is and nice. it's it's I think it's like third or fourth largest state as far as landmass goes. Uh, I think it's behind Alaska, California, and Texas. And there's still I think we just crossed three million uh, as far as total population, but. Two out of fifteen counties voted for Joe Biden, and they yes. run the entire state. Yep, crazy. It's 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 fucking wild. But um, 
I don't know. There's Nevada still got that pretty strong libertarian spirit. You know, there's we got whores and we got gambling. So what else? What else more can you need? And <laughs> and you can walk into basically any store at any whores, whores and gambling. Time. Is that on? <laughs> is that on the sign when you drive into Nevada? It whores and gambling. Be. What else do you need? Whores and prostitution. <laughs> the American Constitution. <laughs> no, and and you know we you can walk to almost any store at any given time of the day and buy beer at and nobody will even look twice at you. It's like it's mm-hmm. pretty wide open as far as like like the kind of the ideals and the principles of the state. It's basically like you help your neighbor and then you fuck off. You just leave everybody mm-hmm. else alone. You know, it's just do your thing and uh and that's kind of how most uh most people in the rural community are minus like the loud vocal uh, like christian right uh that kind of you know went wild in the you know the 80s and the 90s but outside of that you know for the most part people don't care what the hell you do as long as you're not messing with them well let me challenge you there though but how did you get into the what we will now forever call uh the sunflower debacle because i want people to hear about this story like you know matt you were texting or you were you were facebook messaging me some updates about what was going on with you so tell people (laughs) about this this ape shit crazy uh, or batshit crazy sunflower seed COVID thing. And then I want to leap into, I don't know, I think Odie shared the story with you about yeah, the anti-racism about training. I want to talk yeah. about that. Before too. before we launch into that, we just see that uh, Matt has some Coors Original there. I got some uh, some Bullet bourbon. Bullet? Nice. Bullet? Am I saying it right? Bullet, not Bullet. What are you, Mark Claire? Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm drinking because we're doing, see, I figured we're talking, you know, we're talking burning daylight cowboy shit. I figured I had to do some, some bourbon. So I did Maker's Mark. Nice. That's like uh, one of my go-tos. I, I like Bullet. I like Maker's and, uh, and Four Roses. Those are kind of my go-to bourbons, but yeah. I, uh, I, I drink shit way too fast and uh, whiskey catches up with you. So I, I stick with, <laughs> I stick with beer for the most part. <laughs> What about uh, Katie's, you Kate? Katie's just yeah. drinking a uh, mason jar full of vodka. Yeah, I'm doing so. straight up vodka moonshine. Uh, no, but I'm going to have some Talisker later. I like really good scotch. Nice. Okay. But it's like 100 degrees and where I'm doing this. So I needed to stay a little <laughs> hydrated before I get too goofy on, on a live show. See, that's where, you know, like I, before I got air conditioning in my house, we used to do these podcasts and it was like, you know, 85 degrees in my my back den, just no air floats. I have to close all the doors for sound, and I would just be sitting here sweating out pure alcohol. <laughs> Some of the best shows I've ever done. Some of the sweatiest asses I've also ever had. Just soaking through my underpants. I'm not looking forward to this summer because uh, my little studio here, it, it works great in the winter, uh, but it gets hotter and shit in the summer. So <laughs> it's going to be brutal. But you got to record at 2 in the morning. That's the, yeah. that's the plan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I, uh, the, the, the screenshots I sent you, you know, Odie, uh, it was, it was pretty comical. I thought you guys would get a, a, a chuckle out of, it. I was never worried about anything. I just, it was, it was ridiculous how far it went. So, uh, my niece, two, my two nieces and my daughter are all playing, uh, various leagues of baseball this year. So my, my daughter's in T-ball and then my two nieces are in, uh, like coach women in, in baseball yeah. what is this a league of their own are we in the middle of a fucking war <laughs> I, I mean yeah i mean 
we we already had this travesty happening, and then they're like, if we're going to allow this, it should be free for all, all the time. But anyhow, they uh, because Nevada is such a such a, a strict COVID lockdown state in parts. You know, I guess in there's not not much teeth behind it, but uh, and, and I guess as a so like our county commissioners here. A couple months ago, voted uh, to enact a like a and a state of economic emergency uh, in response to the COVID lockdowns. And and the the, the gentleman that I'll be talking about, we'll, we'll call him Jared Dog. Uh, he's actually a city councilman uh, for the next town over. And and actually, like he he did your pretty standard Republican uh, try to make a stance. Uh, he talked some very good rhetoric, and uh, and then had no follow through, just like sat by quietly as he got voted down um, mm. to, to reopen the, the city. But that, that was way back in like June or something. But then we, uh, they start easing up these mandates. And then, so it looks like we're going to have a little league season. And um, there was like four or five people that stepped into coach T ball. So I was like, great. I don't have to coach this year. No problem. But like nobody stepped up to uh, really to, to help coach the coach pitch team. So, and my, and my niece was on there. So I was like, well, there's two two other ladies that hadn't like they don't follow baseball. They played softball in high school, and nobody else stepped up. So I was like, "Well, I'll I'll help coach just just because." And so we we start we start practice, and uh, I think it was like the week before we were supposed to play games. They sent a sent a group text, and I, I outside of like my college buddies or some buddies that I met through the podcast, I fucking hate group texts, anyways. Mm-hmm. But can't leave them. This, Still no way to leave them. I know it. And, and there's just, uh, you can mute them, whatever. But then if you got, I mean, if you're even somewhat libertarian leaning, you, you're somewhere on the, the spectrum. So you get those notifications. And if you don't clear them, they just bug you and shit. By the way, Matt, you hit something on your screen. I don't know yeah, what you hit, but it looks like you're being no. snipered. You got like a like a fucking target on your head. It's, move, it's moving with <laughs> maybe you. That's, it's, maybe that's maybe it looks like it's bad. a drone screen, and we're targeting you to drop the bomb. I don't know. Is that Jared Dog? Jared Dog's coming for you. Jared Dog's calling in the drones. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not divulging any personal info, info bro. It's uh, just a square box that follows your head around. That's. <laughs> Well, he fixes that. What do you want to guess? I'm guessing Matt's uh, Matt's ERA was 0.00. I'm guessing he struck yeah. those girls out with no mercy. I've Tough only luck. been three kids this year. I, I, that sorry, white power symbol <laughs> on your podcast. Oh, God. Well, okay. Damn it. I know it. Uh, sorry, Jared Dog. Uh, but they, they sent out this this text saying, you know, like, uh, here's the, the mask mandate. Like, if you're in the dugout, you have to wear a mask. If you're on the field, you don't, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, something like I never even considered, they said, and absolutely no sunflower seeds because uh, of the spitting and COVID or whatever. And I was like, and so I made some smart-ass remark. I forget exactly what it was. And... Uh, and I, I think I said I'll bring a uh, like a big bag of sunflower seeds and I'll ha- have it at the end of the dugout so they can partake outside. You should have brought a big a big log of chewing tobacco. They didn't say no tobacco. <laughs> you know what? They had never once gave me any any sort of shit for for, for this. And I uh, like I mean I, I live with it. So 
Uh, but the sunflower seeds, that was, and so I, like, I made some comment and then like our, our Valley rep, uh, texted back and she's like, well, no, this, these are the rules and we'll be shut down for the season if we don't follow them, blah, blah, blah. And if there's any more comments about this, it'll be, uh, moved further up the chain. So I just messaged old Jared dog who, cause I had conversations with him in the past about this city council deal about reopening. Cause I was like, Hey, here's somebody actually trying to stand up. And, and fight. And I, I really wish I, I strongly considered moving or like setting up a residence over there just so I could run against him. But that seems like <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> That's um, a lot of work. It's, you're like Larry David. You're like Cowboy Larry David who sets up spite, spite coffee shops, you know. <laughs> I know. Fuck you. I, fuck you, Jer Jug. Fuck you, Java I, Joe. <laughs> I, I just I really love a, a good troll anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. So I, I, I sent him a screenshot of the text and I was like, uh, what's your move, Kamish? And uh, and he's like, uh, are you the one that, that sent this? I was like, yeah, I, I sent that. And he's like, well, we have to follow by these guidelines and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what's the... I was like, who, who makes the final decision? Is there somebody else I can talk to that... And he's like, nope, it's uh, it's just me. I'm, you know, he was like Harry, very Harry Truman about it. But, you know, the mm. buck stops here. And I was like, all right, whatever. And as... You know, there's no wiggle room on these safety policies or guidelines. Or like, whatever. Well, I, my kid's not even on this team, so I was like, all right, whatever. I'll step down. And so I should have been the end of it, right? I mean, any normal person, I, th- I would think that's the end of it. Yeah, you just drop it and move on <laughs> with your life. What's the yeah, but then he, point he said, in continuing? So then he, he responds with, uh, good deal. Um, now that you are no longer coach and you don't have a, a kid in the league, I have to formally request that you no longer attend any practices or games. And I was well, what? I may what? never have, I might not have a kid in this on this team, but I was like, my, my daughter's playing T-ball and I will be at all of her games. and I will have sunflower seeds at this point, just out of spite right. because but, I started chewing also- tobacco like an adult when I was 12. So why do I need sunflower seeds? <laughs> well, hold on. Let me ask you this: though. is his is his rationale for the sunflower seed issue, or is this something he's going to be like? Well, you know, we've had a lot of molesters coming around these games. Like, what the fuck rationale is it? If you don't have a kid in the league, you can't go to the games. I don't understand where it was, that. It's well, like it so was, out of left it field. It was his punishment. That's what it, I mean. The the texts yeah. were really clear. He was like, "I don't want you on the property." It's like if you're not going to mm. follow these li- guidelines, you're out. Yeah, and it's a hard line. Sure. Well, and I'm sure, and I have no no evidence to back this up. This is just a gut feeling, but I'm sure I'm not the only one he's done that with. Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of people that will bitch about everything. Now that I've delved into the world of Little League as on the parents' side of things, yeah, people will pit, bitch about anything and everything. And so I'm sure that's just his standard response is like, well, you're banned, blah, blah, blah. And then he, and so I said, well, I'll be there. And I'll have sunflower seeds. And he said, no, you will not. I'll have you arrested for trespassing. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Um, bet. On public <laughs> property, by the way, right? These are public bet, yeah. parks. And I, I told him, I said, I would love to hear, I, like, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at the at the cop shop when he said, uh, I, I need to get a uh, an arrest warrant for trespassing for uh, this guy. <laughs> What's he doing? He's watching a t-ball game. Is he but but wait wait for it he's chewing yeah. sunflower seeds guys and then they just and, all rush, run to their cars like get the big guns yeah well like wait does he have a kid there doesn't matter he's chewing sunflower <laughs> seeds <laughs> and I was, so i was like 
So you're going to arrest me for trespassing on public property for watching my own daughter's game. And I said, uh, go for it. I'll, uh, I said, if, if, I, if you find somebody that arrests me, I said, I'll go peacefully, <laughs> yeah. but I will not go quietly. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so we went back and forth. And there, from there, it turned into just a, just a major dick measuring contest. And, uh, well, it turns out, um, I don't know what he had, but apparently three inches looked real big. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but he ended up like calling an emergency. And you work with horses all day, so really <laughs> yeah. his dick looks extra small. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I also I'm, I, I I wouldn't say that I'm like well versed in the law, but I I, I read up a lot. My uh, my dad was a, a state uh, Colorado state representative for eight years, uh, <laughs> and he he kind of marches to his own tune. He was he he was elected four terms in a row in a heavy heavily republican district uh as a as a registered democrat but he quickly made en- enemies on both sides and uh he was actually named the most corrupt politician in Colorado or second most corrupt politician in Colorado one year uh because he refused to pay a fine for so when he would when he would uh do his campaign fundraisers he had set up in like this and it was eastern colorado so a bunch of little bitty towns and he had set up on uh like in a city park or something and him and his cowboy buddies would play guitar he'd give his stump speech and then he'd just have a tip jar at the end of the table they grill hamburgers and whatnot and people drop in cash so, but you're supposed to disclose you know where right, yeah. all your money comes from well he just didn't do that because it was all cash and uh and so they slapped him with like a five thousand dollar fine and he just refused to pay it uh because also the Democratic Party was supposed to match funds with him that he fundraised, and it never did. So he, I mean, he didn't make much money uh, as a as a politician. But he he marched the to his own beat, and through that, like that, I just kind of trickled down. So I, I I I pay attention to shit, and so I, I I don't see where where you have a solid legal case here, Jerry. But I would I welcome the fact that for you to get a uh, you know a warrant. But then he he. Uh, well, th- this call- guy's probably, I mean, you're probably one of the first people to call him on his bullshit. I mean, probably oh, everyone yeah. else just backs down. Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to have me arrested. Okay, I won't go to my own daughter's game then. Like, Well, yeah. not only that, but I, I mean, most people are too cowardly to question anything mm-hmm. in regards to, like, once you put COVID on it, you know, it's like racism. Mm-hmm. Once you say racism is attached to it, everybody goes, ah, I don't know. Same thing with COVID now. You know, it's like, because they go, oh, you're being selfish. How can you challenge this? You're not following the science, right? And so it's hard to fight back against that shit, against the general un- in, you know, uninformed and, frankly, angry populace, right? Because you think yeah. about a lot of people, too. They're pissed off that they are locked in their homes. They're pissed off that these government mandates exist, but they're too cowardly to challenge them, except for people like us, people like you, et cetera. Yeah. So then, like, we went back and forth for quite a little bit on, you know, and it's just you know, angry thumbs. And uh, <laughs> so and, and then my wife, who's, you know, a lot cooler head than me most of the time, and she's uh, she was just like, just stop responding. Please stop responding. Bonding, fine, fine, whatever. And he ends up calling a, like an emergency. And, and, and this time, you're sending me like pages and pages of these text messages. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it, it went on for a while. <laughs> it went on for a while, but uh, so he he gets he calls up the other people uh, on the board and said and and uh, you know they they hold an emergency meeting as to decide my future <laughs> fate in the you know the Walker River baseball. You know, league. honestly, man, if nothing else, I would personally maybe this is just me to be an asshole in general, but 
I would take a lot of pleasure in the fact that these people held this special meeting, had to take this mm-hmm. time out of their day, get together. Like, that in itself is a victory. That is mm-hmm. a great fuck you. It's like, yes, you're, yeah, give me your time. This dumb yeah. shit that you are walking us all through is sucking up so much of all of your time. You know, like, I'm one man. You're, what, there were like seven people in the room, the yeah. one video you sent me. Like, you guys are sucking a lot of your goddamn time up here on this dumb shit. Thank you. You know, I'll yeah. take that. That's I, your punishment. Uh, I made it, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I was, I was Southern, but my mom grew up in Oklahoma, so she's kind of Southern. And, and so you, you have these like little subtle digs where you're, you're very polite, <laughs> but it's very backhanded polite. So like, when he gave me my chance to speak, and I was like, I would like to thank you all for being here, and I'd like to apologize <laughs> for wasting every one of your time because this is a yeah. giant waste of time. It's the right way to but, play it. Yeah. That's yeah. called the high ground maneuver. You've just taken yeah. the high ground from Jaredog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so, and before that, I, uh, we had a, a team practice, which he said I was not allowed at. And I was, well, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be at the field. Come arrest me. And yep. before we started practice, you know, I gathered all the parents up and said, hey, this is what happened. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I could have responded on the group text, but that's just going to, once again, waste everybody's time and piss off everybody. At me because I was the one that started the whole thing. So, but I, I gathered them up. I said, "Here's the deal." And if you guys don't want me to uh, to coach, so be it. I'll step down. And they said, "No, this is stupid." So, they they all voted unanimously to have me coach. And or whatever. So we show up, and uh, and then he he kept he kept trying to tell me that he's going to kick my daughter out of the league too. And I said, "No, no, you're not." And then he, uh, my wife called him. That's and- just evil, man, at that point. Mm-hmm. Taking a kid out of playing t-ball, I mean, that's... Well, yeah. you know, that's like a supervillain move, right? Mm-hmm. It's only the supervillains in movies that threaten the family of the hero, right? Yeah. Isn't that why most, yeah. most superheroes, mm-hmm. they have their secret personas, you know, like they have your public Superman, but you don't, you know, you don't want anybody to know what your secret persona is because you want to keep your family safe. This motherfucker coming after your kids. Uh, yeah, it's and like so a mafia then, boss, which we know the the government is anyway. Well, and then he he even like, uh, and, uh, well, I guess if your daughter stays in the league, you'll have to uh, arrange with somebody to you know take her to and pick her up from practice. Well, <laughs> fuck off, guy! Like that, that's not your decision to make, Jerry. And uh, so, like he he calls. Well, and he said, "Are you available at this time?" And I said, "No, we we got cattle coming in uh, after hours. I'm going to have to unload cattle. I can't make it." Well, he schedules that meeting right during that time, anyways. And I, so, luckily, my boss is is a badass. So I, I told him what the hell was going on, and he's like, "All right, well, let me know if I need to bail you out of jail." So I was like, oh, "Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, Jared Dog. I'll be there. I'll be there with bells on." I would and, hope, uh, by the way, you know those Saint Bernards that rescue people in the in the snowy mountains, and they have bottles like or barrels of, like mm-hmm. whiskey around their necks. I yeah. would hope that your boss just sent like a, a well trained cattle <laughs> that just has money on a you know, tied yeah. a bell around its neck. It just oh, Bessie's here to bail Matt out again. <laughs> well, you're speaking of your boss. You're speaking of yourself, right? Ah. Uh. No, <laughs> or do you have a boss? Not, not, not yet. No, I uh, I work. Cowboys for, uh, have bosses. What? Yeah. Well. Cowboys are a true. A true cowboy never really owns their own cattle. They're just all they're punching cattle for somebody else. But uh, right, yeah, that's why me, I was understood it. It's kind of because because don't you also a lot of times you kind of rotate around for a few different owners, right? Kind of come yeah, in. Uh, those that that would be the day trash as they call, and that's not a derogatory term. That is uh, like <laughs> proudly. 
proudly use term is day trash. Um, but that day help, yeah, day day help, day hands, whatever. Uh, it just depends on the the part of the country. There's uh, certain parts that are like big, kind of corporate owned uh, ranches, and then uh, like myself, I, I work at a feedlot, so uh, okay. it's there's it's 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 a bigger outfit that owns it, but it's not it's not like one of the the giant giant feedlots, but. Um, so anyway, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm day trash, you know. Yeah. <laughs> day trash or day thug. That's the the terminology they use now, the kids use nowadays, but um Yeah, so my boss he's he was he was really cool about it, so he's like, I'll bail you out if I need to. And they, it's not going to come to that, but he's anyway, I told him I'd be there and he's also going to broadcast it on Zoom because that's what the world we live in now. But all of a sudden, mysteriously, he couldn't get Wi-Fi connection, so the Zoom call was out, so I couldn't send it out to the rest of uh, the parents, and he just did, like, a conference call. And the first thing he said was, like, we're here to discuss uh, the whether or not to remove Matt and his daughter, and I said, hold on, Jerry. You mentioned my daughter's name one more time. I will file a restraining order against you for harassment because she's six years old, and she has done nothing wrong. She will mm-hmm. play T-ball. And if you mention her again, I will consider that harassment. I will file a restraining order. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Sophia's name never got mentioned one more time. So that was good. That was good. Um, <laughs> you got the drone sniper thing on you again. I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, I, I pled... You know, he he did his whole deal. And, you know, and it was all, it was all very legalistic, you know, just... Uh, you know, uh, violating safety policies. And uh, they finally let me speak. And I was like, let's not church it up with safety policies here, Jerry. We're talking about sunflower seeds. Mm. You threatened to throw me in jail over fucking sunflower seeds. And, and, and nobody else seems to have a problem with the fact that he threatened to have me arrested for trespassing when it all started over a smart-ass comment about sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. That's the world we live in nowadays, and I, I with and then one of the other coaches, uh, like was I had I had a pretty good couple of uh, people behind me uh, with with like legal like bylaws, little league bylaws, and uh, and and like the you know the whole inner workings of it. I didn't know any of that, which was good. I was gonna do the research, but other people did it, so I, it was cool because I could just go out and rant and <laughs> it was pretty awesome and uh and he didn't expect me to be there and he expected to be just like a, a quick 20 minute discussion up or down vote and uh and kick me out but we showed up we made a stink out of it and uh and it was ridiculous we we let everybody know that it was ridiculous even me, me included i said yes and one of the guys said it sounds like it was a pissing contest i said it absolutely was a pissing contest and i pissed <laughs> further than that guy <laughs> Well, you know, it's like, you know, speaking just to the fact that he didn't expect you to show up and you did, there is so much power that people don't realize in simply showing up to things because mm-hmm. nobody ever wants to show up to anything. And it's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's a fucking huge pain in the ass to show up to things, but it is very powerful. Like, you know, what's going on with the Mises Caucus right now in the libertarian movement. It's just the Mises Caucus. They've got a lot of energy. They have people that are willing to show up and they show up yeah. in numbers and you can change it. But even if it's just one person. If you didn't make that meeting, you know how it would have gone, you know? Oh, yeah. But the fact that you were there and you showed up, yeah. you know, it's like fighting parking tickets and shit like that. Even dumb shit, you know, 
you show up. Half the time, you're going to get out of the parking ticket. Half the time, the cops not going to be there. They know it's you know ticky tack bullshit, and they're going to back down. But people don't show up, and the cop is getting paid overtime most of the time if they show up, and they still don't yeah. show up. They still don't yeah. show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but yeah, he ended up uh, backing down pretty hard, and uh, all when it all came down to it, they there was no vote held, no nothing, and um. The very first game, not even the opening ceremonies, nobody's wearing a goddamn mask like like is required. <laughs> and you're like, so why did you choose to to you know to to do this line in the sand? I like I don't understand it. They still went ahead with the uh, the standard and traditional spitting in each other's mouths. That went ahead as planned. No problems there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it just sounds insane. And then you know, like I say before we transition off this because. Well, actually, you've already gone through about 40 minutes of the show, which is surprising. But uh, I want to hear about young Kate, who hasn't said more than three words in the actual broadcast here. I want to hear her I, I told you story. I was in the witness protection program. So yeah, I, I got to be it's really crazy. careful. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I want to hear about that. But I was going to say, just like, you know, I saw this uh, and anti-racist, like somewhere in Virginia, they're making Little League coaches go through anti-racist training in the county or is paying, you know, a thousand dollars per coach to attend this shit. It's just, it's that kind of nonsense where it's like, it's not helping the kids. All it is, and they get aptly, they call it virtue signaling, you know, a bunch of virtue, virtue signaling assholes putting everybody through this. But it reminds me of what you went through because the kids are out there. It's like, let them play, let them go out. You don't need to impose all this horse shit on top of them because you want to, you know, have a pissing contest because you want to have the big dick in the room. So, yeah. It's just insane, um, but yeah, Kate's Kate's had a had it a lot rough, rougher than I have. Like, I I just get to talk shit from the sidelines for the most part. Yeah, Matt's yeah, lucky so that he on? lives. Well, I live in Vermontistan, so it's a <laughs> things are really, really, really difficult here. I mean, I think it's pretty similar to Portland or parts of California, and uh, it's really sad because my family's been basically in this general area. A lot of our family's been here, you know for hundreds of years and it's just really, really, really changed. And um, Vermont used to be really built upon sort of that individualism, but also community minded. Like I really like our state motto is freedom and unity, which is kind of a nice combo. And um, it's just completely changed. Uh, I think just the modern culture wars haven't worked well here and we're kind of a uh, really easy to dominate people because we're, you know, it's, I think kind of stoic and quiet, really polite, really welcoming. Um, you know, we're one of the first States that outlawed slavery. Um, we have kind of a different take, I think on Christianity. Um, like Ethan Allen had some really interesting <laughs> ideas about Christianity uh, pretty out there for the time. And so yeah, so we've basically been very welcoming because we're a pretty poor state. Um, after World War II, there was a lot of really cheap farmland as the dairy industry kind of was collapsing. And uh, it's just all been bought up, which is fine. And I think that that can bring, you know, a lot of new things and new ideas. But it, it's just that, unfortunately, that idea of narcissism and people being, um, yeah, just really uh, self-centered and just really unable to um, 
see worth in neighbors who might not have gone to an Ivy League school or something like that. And I think mm. it's the cl- it's the clash of the urban and the agrarian cultures. Yeah. Um, so I kind of made it. I saw a lot of r- really horrible prejudice and real abuse going on with people in my community and around the state. And so, um, and I saw after there's a book that Joel Salatin wrote called everything I want to do is illegal. And that's basically Mm -hmm. been like the, how my life has played out. So I started, I wanted to uh, selling heroin, meth. No, no. So mine was, mine (laughs) was, mine was, yeah, mine was splitting (laughs) and selling firewood. From my farm, yeah, and so you're like Luke shit. from Summer House. Yeah, so it, shout out to our I'm other really, Bravo and beer. Really badass, you know, splitting firewood <laughs> and selling it. Let me see uh, your hands. Yeah. I don't believe you. Let me see how callous your hands are. Don't worry, it's with a machine, so <laughs> a cord every 45 minutes. So it's uh, a nice. and our you know farm was zoned for agriculture and forestry. That's why we bought this land. And anyway, so we went through the whole process of that, and I had never experienced. Um, just zoning and just what a nightmare that can be when you're dealing with boards that are now made up of people who don't understand right, your culture yeah. and, and what it takes to live. Like not everyone can, uh, you know, drive a Prius and somebody has to drive the snowplow truck, you know, like there's, there was just no understanding. And so anyways, I saw that breakdown and that's what got me writing more and speaking out more and while that process was going on, I just I thought of myself as progressive at that time. And then I just realized what assholes I was surrounded and how just just lack of common sense people had. And I think at that time, too, the progressive left was moving to psycho land left. Um, and what time, how long ago is this? Like what year are we talking? I'm talking like five years ago, six years ago was when it really hit hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um but I also was never, I was much more of a, uh, I, I, I mean, I thought of myself as progressive, but I think that that was just because I was surrounded in such a, an area where you were so brainwashed that that was kind of the only thing. So, I, I mean, a lot of my beliefs, I, I they aren't anything new, um, but I- well, the kind of- Sorry, I, it kind yeah, of reminds yeah. me, your experience, I think, is a lot of people's experience, especially when if you have an area that is highly progressive. Like here in L.A., if I get people, if I corner people, you know, I can I can talk to them and they'll agree with most of the points I make. Right. If you get people out of the bubble of the echo chamber of progressive thinking of people pressuring them to think away or being judged a certain way, then without a doubt, people's minds will open up and they'll agree with most of what uh, you'll say from a more logical kind of centrist perspective. And that's probably, you know, same thing with you. If you're hearing all this nonsense all the time, naturally you think, oh, well, this must be the correct way to think. But then once you start thinking for yourself, it's Yeah, and I think when the rest of the country is waking up to things like the 1619 Project, but growing up in a progressive environment, that was really all I was taught. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I went to a really progressive private high school and that was all we were, all we were, reading. And so there were huge gaps, I think, also in my education. So as I filled those in when we started homeschooling, um, that was also a rapid expansion for me intellectually, because I started to be like, wait a second, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not yep. what the Constitution says. Um, <laughs> well, it's so, education yeah. by omission right now, right? I mean, even insofar yeah. as how you go with how history is being taught, they're, they're literally teaching, and I've read about this in a lot of classrooms, they're teaching history by virtue of how different people were oppressed through time. 
no longer actual history how people were oppressed through time. <laughs> yeah. No, and so it just so that 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 firewood incident was what sort of cracked the ice for me. And then uh, basically, as I became more outspoken, I I really truly believe that I always spoke in a respectful way, but I would challenge the Karens, you know, on local Facebook pages and stuff, not, not to be mean and not to troll them, but just be like, hold on a second. Like, seems like, you know, you're, 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 you know, forcing people to wear masks is going against this or whatever. And so I think that's a dangerous game. Um, calling out a Karen in a local Facebook page. Yeah. Um, And I think I, I naively (laughs) thought that the, the the left was still where I left them, where we were still mm-hmm. really tolerant of other people's ideas. And yes, we may, you know, scream at people or something, but we're not going to um, joke about burning down their home with children inside. So, so things really progressed. And I, I, I didn't understand the depth of mental illness that so many people are facing, I think, and how they're, yeah. um, I think how technology has really done a lot of damage. I mean, I think people should probably, you know, take more time to take a walk outside. And um, no, you're hundred percent right on that. I've talked about this before. I think social media without a doubt is causing, I think it's either causing or exacerbating a lot of people's mental issues. And I think that a lot of the violence you see stemming, not only from mass shootings, but also just in everyday life comes from people, not only not be able to, associate with people not being able to understand and hear different viewpoints because you're in an echo chamber right all the all the news you're being fed all the friends news you're being fed echo but chamber. that that well, is it's not even like choice, though i mean so that, that's what i feel like it's, i feel like technology has been incredibly uh, a wonderful useful tool for bridging the oh, gap for sure. different cultures yeah. and stuff like that so i don't know why people are choosing to use it in such a toxic way because um, well, like one time, it's, like, sel- it's self fulfilling, right? It's, Think about that. It's I guess, but it's so getting short the term. likes, getting getting the kudos, you know. Yeah, I guess, I guess, but I I feel like it's was so awesome when I was still on Instagram. Like one night, some random guy from uh, Iran and I had a long conversation, and it was like wonderful. And it, we were able so to be this open. This has been wonderful. Please send, wonderful. Uh, send me five hundred dollars. No, no, but uh, it, it was. Tell me about your life. It, it, now we get now we get married. I need ninety day visa <laughs> and three goats. Which, sound, which sounds pretty good about now. If I compare that, if I could leave all the the leftist people, I maybe would go there. Uh, no, so it's basically yeah. Between the, it's just been basically being like Hester Prynne and uh, living in fear, um, and you know it has. I'm disappointed that it has silenced me. You know because. I know being silent is not the right thing, um, but I guess temporarily, you know, safety and family safety matters. And um, it's, it's just unbelievable. So, yeah, I think I, I don't want to ever lose faith in, in humanity and in people. You know, I don't want them to take that from me as well. But um, it's been super disappointing to have people who have known me basically my whole life believe made up crap about being racist and uh that in in an instant can destroy everything can destroy your business can get people fired from jobs and it's all 
based upon lies. And to think that the people who know you and who have known you forever and you've considered, you know, loyal friends, to think that they don't pick up the phone and just ask you, yeah. is this well, right? Like what what allegations are being made? What are they what like what kind of shit are they are they putting um, well, I put a sign up. There was a guy running who is a farmer, um, and I actually helped write a lot of his ag policy for the state. He was running for governor, and during the primary, I put his sign up totally within, like, on my own property. It was like a small, you know, little political yeah. sign, mm -hmm. and this person called the police on me, and uh, that was horrible. And then um, we they called the police for, for you putting a political sign because, like, like because vote, it like was vote. because it was it was a sign of white supremacy. What? What? And so, literally, you cannot be anything except for a leftist, Ugh. or you are you are not just a white supremacist, but now you're a domestic terrorist. Well, well, yeah. this this isn't yeah. too far. I mean, in. I live in Pittsburgh now, and my my parents, yeah. the house I grew up in, is is not far away. It's just the next town over. I'm hearing a little echo. Anyone else yeah, that uh, Kate, Kate, I think Kate, you put your yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's uh, your. Um, but I mean, yeah, similar to that, and I'm obviously I'm I'm not a Trump supporter, but I don't think you know Trump supporters should be called racists and white supremacists, and I think 99.9 percent .9 of the percent of them aren't. And this one guy on my parents' street, nice suburb outside of Pittsburgh, had this tr big Trump sign up that had uh, his accomplishments. You could argue the accomplishments if they were, weren't, whatever. But somebody just came over and spray-painted <laughs> racist, white supremacist all over the sign. But to the guy's credit who uh, owned the house and put the sign up, he decided just to leave it up there just to show it as like, mm -hmm. this is what we're dealing with. You know, yeah. This is how people are acting. So yeah. did they sell, did they spell white supremacist correctly? Because that is <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, I don't know how to spell it. So I don't know. that's a, yeah. that'd be hard. To, that's a lot to fit on a small sign. I mean, it, it, is. it was, it was, it was a big, I mean, this, this was a big, it was, uh, it was probably like a, was it like a banner. I think it was big. I mean, no, I mean, it was like, a 15 foot wide sign it was pretty big that's yeah. what we had a guy up the road who had that and um he's a vietnam vet and he struggles with a lot of issues and he's not the kind of guy that i would want to go on his property and fuck with his shit yeah, no, late at shit. night personally so i was a little ooh, surprised someone did this so they kept doing that he had a giant homemade one and i mean you can agree, disagree. I think he has every right to put whatever sign he wants yep. in his property, especially when everyone else has crazy signs up. Oh, yeah. And, can uh, you imagine? I mean, the fucking signs I see in L.A. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's got the same stupid-ass bullshit sign. You yep. know, we support black science. lives. We believe in science. We believe water is blah, blah, blah. Actually, we haven't, yeah. getting to, we haven't even talked about the fucking water future shit you sent, Matt. But, yeah, oh, it's like yeah. if, you, if you know it would be front-page news. If anybody went up to a BLM sign or any, uh, you know, this you know, rainbow science is, is great crap and painted something on there like, yeah. you know, I don't even know. I don't even know what you paint on there because we wouldn't do it. Spray paint a dick point. on it. Right. That's yeah. All. Which, I was going to say, that. I, that. that's the thing. We wouldn't do anything that. besides a dick. So like, like <laughs> you and when you, and he, means, and about, he means his own dick. He's not talking exactly. about drawing dicks. Matt spray paints his own dick a different I, color every day of the week. I, they call I him the ever, to, the ever hardening God stopper. I try to be as white as possible. All right. Coke told me to. <laughs> well, this guy, this guy kept, so somebody kept coming and taking it. 
and we've got a college in town. So he was thinking it was those people, but so he oh, put up some really good uh, cameras. Sure. And so then he took, uh, we have a lot of apples here in Vermont, Johnny Appleseed and stuff. So there's this sticky trap stuff that you can paint on fake apples and basically the bugs go to it and it sticks. It's like an incredible super glue that never dries. So he, and I don't even know if it's still legal anymore, but anyways, he had some, <clears throat> you know, container of it in a shed. He painted the whole freaking sign with it. And then at two in the morning, s- someone pulled up probably in a Prius or a Subaru and, uh, well, they, stealth. they took it out stealth. and they, they got in the car and he said, you could just see them sticking to it and they were just sticking <laughs> to the steering wheel and everything. I wanted oh, to, please. Can you get stuck, the video? I, know, I want face. the video. I want the video so bad. He was really, Ask him, really tell him, tell him, about it. Tell him a live. Oh God. It'd be like a libertarian podcast wants the video. I promise oh. we'll blur out any, well, any person. Well, and it was so bad. We'll the guy, the, the people came back. The people came back. I mean, this is what's so weird. Imagine stealing something like that, being all sticky. I think they got really scared. They came yeah. back like two hours later at dawn and put the sign back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Well, with people like that, there. you almost half expect them to call the police. Like, I was stealing this sign, yeah. and then it's sticky stuff on it, and now it's stuck feel, to me. I feel yeah. danger. I feel, I feel yeah. I'm being accosted. I have, I have to make sure it's gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is this adhesive organic? <laughs> GMO free. Were any horses killed in the making of this adhesive? Uh, that's a good oh, question. I, I can only hope. I got a couple I could add to that. Oh, um, poor old mares. Uh, well. So do you? So yeah. do you want to talk? Do you want to talk a little about that that water uh, futures? Water. Yeah, like- I. I um. So I, I made a prediction here a while back, and. And I, I do stand by it. I think the the gun control stuff is is going to lead our conflict. But I don't. I think like a true civil war, and and you guys probably have no idea um, the scope of it. Just not being in, in this in this community, but like there's like four, five, six generation ranches with very well established water rights, and uh, and places like L.A. and Denver and phoenix uh are just going to be continuing to buy up land uh much Mm -hmm. like bill gates is doing and they don't they don't plan on farming they buy up farmland but just strictly for the water rights to divert to california divert to these major cities and i think and and we it'll be a i I don't know i i don't want to speculate on that but i think uh i think if there's going to be like another like real bloody civil war is going to start in the West and it's going to start over water rights. I, I truly believe that. And then that uh, the fact that water is being traded as a commodity now on on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange scares uh, every living shit out of me. Like, like not, and I'm I'm 100 a private property libertarian type. I, I haven't gone full anarchy yet. I'm close close but I'm, I'm still i'm not convinced i think it's still a little little utopian sounding um but i think that's where we we need to work towards but water rights are, are a real tricky issue my dad is uh is currently tied up in a big struggle with water rights and uh man like that whole thing scares the living shit out of me uh because yeah. the the way uh, the way colorado's going right now the the groundwater is basically 
supposed to be regulated if it if they follow the the state law uh it's a pretty good system where like if you, you apply for a permit somebody somebody can object there's like a 35 day period uh when you apply for a well and if nobody objects then it, it just gets granted but if somebody objects they're supposed to do a test and see if there is unallocated water uh below the surface and mm-hmm. um basically what my dad dealing with is a good old boys club everybody on the water commission owns an irrigation dealership or uh mm-hmm. is a huge farmer whatever blah 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 and uh yeah my 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 dad got uh held in contempt of court at uh 75 years years old pretty awesome good um, for him still full of piss <laughs> yeah yeah he uh he's, he's kind of become an activist uh since he he left uh left uh the state house but Basically, he was he was the one guy filing objections against all these wells. This uh, investment company uh, with ties to Russia, uh, but ba- basically, it's just like a huge multinational corporation bought this ranch uh, just south of where I grew up, and it's a very very dry part of the world. Like we're talking an average year of rainfall is like eleven inches a year, less than an inch of rainfall a month, and top it off there's no running water like there's no we have a river uh pretty close to us but it's all underground it's just a very dry part of the world it's p- the part of the world that zebulon pike uh dubbed the great american desert back in the day and um this this company bought this ranch and immediately applied for like 80 something new wells and there's just not that much water down there and uh it's all well and good for a couple of years until they suck the aquifer dry. And then Mm -hmm. that entire part of the world becomes useless, like absolutely useless. So like you're, you're talking fourth, fifth, sixth generation ranches that they're gone. Like they, they, and they have no, no choice. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, Matt. I actually, when I I shockingly know a lot about this, uh, well, water rights is, it's, it's its own issue, but I, I worked in my PR side with a guy who's his whole focus is water, conservation and he he shares your opinion that water is going to be the big battleground and also how mm-hmm. it can cause it could be it, he views it as an international or national defense issue because of california mm-hmm. being you know with a breadbasket you know we produce a lot of a lot of uh, produce i'll, I'll let you yeah. finish but and yeah. you do i'm yeah you, you like you need the water but also uh yeah like and and being in Colorado, most of the major rivers in the western United States originate in Colorado. The hot, the headwaters are in Colorado, mm-hmm. so we have compacts with Nebraska, Kansas, California, yeah. Arizona, like everything starts in Cal or in Colorado. And it's and most of those water laws were established well before modern irrigation practices and modern cities yep. as well. So it's well, uh, always, it's an outdated I- system. Well, for, without a doubt, it is. And, and people, it's just one of those things that people don't really think about because it's not something that really for most Americans mm. or most people in their everyday lives comes to the top of the of the surface as far as, ironically, because we're talking about wells, but it, it doesn't come to the surface in many people's minds. Mm. But, you know, so to put some context in what we're talking about here, Matt had sent a story uh, and like he said, the water futures are now listed on the Mercantile Exchange, meaning that now it comes into play monetary incentives, uh, whether or not people want to get into betting on the futures of water, how you could, mm. you know, like Elon Musk, uh, you know, maybe you have a, a, the ability to alter the market with a phrase if you own a lot of water to try to influence mm. that marketplace. But 
I'll give a little bit of a a more rosy outlook on this. And this is kind of the same way I look at climate change is that, you know, what you've got, especially with getting the, the market involved, right? I actually view it as a good thing because when now you, when you have the threat of a marketplace in place, when you have the threat of water costs, and some people are arguing it could be good for people because they, they can know what water costs are going to be. You can budget and allocate accordingly. But for me, I look at it as that, if there's a marketplace for this, if there's now a demand, if there's a quantitative place in which to be, to money can be made, money can be lost. But also, you look at you know water as a, a finite resource. I think this is much like climate change, something where if it becomes a threat and there's money to be made in desalinization, in exactly. finding new ways, yep. finding new ways to create water to make sure that we can keep the water we have or divert it in ways that are going to be much more profitable, much more effective, I think you're going to see a massive industry well up. Ah, get it? Uh, I know. I should just kill myself now. But, <laughs> but you're, going see, you're going to see industries come up to respond to that because now there is more money to be made than ever before. The industry yeah. largely is already there. If you look at what Israel's doing with desalinization, they have the technology, and it's yeah. just well, a matter it's expensive. of it's expensive right now. It's, yeah. it's very energy. It's energy. It's energy consuming. So it's just yeah. a matter of. Te- but if there's money to be made, finding the technology to do it, iterate over time, faster. and yeah, I mean, it just depends. Yeah, you need. So yeah, I could see that with it becoming, you know, with it becoming a market commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, that that should help it help drive technology right. into the sector. You would think. You would think, because, yeah, if it's a marketable commodity, then people mm-hmm. in the tech sector would be like, okay, now this is something I can market this. I can provide this water. I can in, I can impact the futures market. You know, I mean, this is I, – I just think, like anything, the free market provides as long as it's left unhindered. So the question is, how is the government going to fuck it up when people try to, <laughs> you know, try to get in there and, and find solutions? Yeah, and and the way the the system is set up now – the the fourth fifth generation rancher that has the the senior water rights on this creek that they have they have standing under the law they have standing historically they're not going to have the money to fight some uh some foreign investment group that buys a ranch that mm. is going to keep it for 2 years and then mm. in turn sell the water rights to the city of LA or wherever and uh and that's the part and so I, I guess kind of, kind of my my final point I wanted to make for you guys is like, the the ag community has has been overlooked for so long, and uh, and and we we uh, I know like on a libertarian level like you you always feel like you're in the fight of your life, but here in the ag community we really are and we have been for a long fucking time. We're we're the only industry that. Everybody who bitches against us will not survive without us. Like, no chance they survive without. without well, putting, we can survive without there. the farmers who aren't farming shit and just collecting the checks. We can survive that's without true. those that's motherfuckers. True. That's true. But like, the, <laughs> you're like, gonna but hate. That's not, but that's not everybody. <laughs> you're gonna we hate have, my episode. Uh, not not this week. Well, this week already happened. Next week, next Thursday. With uh, it's about a documentary, and one of the things they talk about in the documentary is. Uh, Growing meat. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I will I mean, never I'm, eat grown meat. I will say right now, yeah. I will I will drive I will have Matt 
slaughter a cow, <laughs> even though that's not what he does. I'm slaughter a cow and shit I, I the meat before eating any grown I, I'll pay somebody else to do that. I can do it, but uh, a, a full a full finished steer is going to weigh about 1,400 pounds. That's a lot of fucking work. A, a deer... A big deer is going to weigh 300. Uh, I can do that all day in my sleep. But uh, a big cow. You and you and, you and Odie I, I, should hunt together. <laughs> hey. Come there's on out. there's elk some... out in Nevada, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it costs a lot to, to hunt an elk out here. But yeah. there's there's some big ones. Um, but no, we're, we've been overlooked for a long time. We're like one of the, outside of like the oil industry, we're one of the few industries that people like, need to survive but yet they treat us like shit and and yeah. part of that's that's our own doing like the beef industry is in a big pickle there's uh i i just the episode that i released yesterday there's a, a fella in north platte nebraska he's got a, a group of people and they're they're building their own slaughterhouse and it's all rancher owned cooperative type deal just to try to cut into there's there's four main companies that control the entire uh meat uh meat industry in the in the u.s hmm. uh two of them are brazilian owned by the way I, i'm not a i'm not a xenophobe by any means but uh when it comes to my food uh I, i'd like it to be based here where where i live you know that, that that's kind of i do love their fashion. brazilian all you can eat restaurants if you've been to those i don't know if you <laughs> I, have them in your town but they are delicious oh my god i haven't it's, been uh, there so I, many, I, so many cuts i want to i want to and i that have nothing delicious wrong. it'll change it your is. mind You'll change, no, you'll change your mind. I see. I, I work for one of these Brazilian companies, and it's just a it's a corporate conglomerate. It's it's whatever. Yeah. You know, they're they're no worse than any American corporate conglomerate. But at the end of the day, I'd like I'd like my my uh, my food supply to stay here. You know, relatively local to the most yeah. part. Um, but this this guy is. Uh, he he's sticking a you know sticking his neck out and and it's it's kind of like Mastere says you know like everybody can bitch about something but what are the solutions and this guy's like trying to make a solution and mm-hmm. I, I'd say like uh, I know the Mises Caucus is gaining a lot of steam but you guys should uh, focus a little bit on rural America there you have a very receptive audience uh, that's a good point like, I don't know yeah. what Trump's gonna do uh, that that's kind of gonna hinge on a lot of how rural America goes is what Trump decides to do. Um, but there's a lot of people that don't like, uh, either party right now. And it's, it's pretty, pretty ripe, uh, ripe picking, I guess it's right for the, and it's volatile too. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. we, you know, Matt and I are both involved in the ranching and agricultural community and I more in the sort of small, medium sized farming community. But I would also say like logging and forestry i mean that's something we really all rely upon and they're treated even worse than than agriculture yeah like it's and it's not the loggers who are making money well it's also and also you know the crackdowns on logging industry has led to a lot of at least in california and other places has actually led to a lot of the increase in forest fires because these environmentalist dickholes make the you know they convince politicians to make these broad laws that then Fuck up the natural way in which timber gets out of the forest. They allow for buildup, and and Trump was right about this. I'll give him credit. He was mm-hmm, right, yeah. and that, and this is my, my my ecologist guy. I was talking about the water guy. Same thing. He talks about this, and he's as left as you can get. You have too much shit building up on the forest floors. You don't have loggers allowed to go in there and try to clear any of that well, shit and, out. And clear out the old wood. S- clear out the dead trees. They're trying to strip away grazing off of this off of public lands too, and that. Why? Um, that's Why? What, that's what happened to uh, to Bundy, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, 
Um, and that that was all over water rights and environmental issues. Uh, and the whole thing with the Hammonds up in Oregon, which was a far more serious case than the Bundys. The Bundys, for as kind of bumbling as they are, are very good at defending themselves. The Hammonds are just your typical rancher, just like good, hardworking, law-abiding. And they're just like, I, I don't know about that law, it seems. But like, you know, the court said we're, you know, we're guilty. They, they prosecuted a... The, these this ranch family up in Oregon, by the way, same same family that they that Lavoy Finnegan was murdered over uh, when they were mm-hmm. protesting. But mm-hmm. it was it was all over a wildfire. Got started. This family uh, owned a grazing allotment, or what a lot of people uh, call a grazing permit. Um, that's all. That's a whole different issue. You guys should look into that. But. I'll check it out. Um, well, uh, the good news is they they got fucked over, and then they went on to create Jurassic Park, right? Wasn't the yeah. scientist like named that. John Hammond in that? I, I was it. I think so. It's been a while since I've I think seen it was. Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> if you would ask me, uh, John John Wayne or Clint Eastwood movie, I would I would uh, correct you, but I, I don't I don't have any. Uh, well, I, I think I, I'm feeling pretty confident about this. So they uh, went out I'll to lie. ranch in a different way. I'll, I'll, def- I'll defer to your expertise on that. <laughs> um, but basically it was, a, I don't know if it was a lightning strike or whatever, but it was a, it was a naturally occurring wildfire. And uh, they, they set a back burn, the, the Hammond family did. Uh, basically, so you, you burn a strip of, of land so that right. it doesn't have a chance to, to jump into a f- more fertile uh, piece right. of ground. Yeah, exactly. It's and, tried and, and true and, down back to the Native American days. Yeah, and so in doing so, they burnt like 140 acres of their own grazing permit, but it was public land. So how that works is uh, the federal government owns the logging and the mineral rights, and the rancher owns the water and the grazing rights. It's a, it's a, it's not it's not public land. It's a dual estate. That that's how that is how the law works. Uh, but it was th- it was their own allotment. They burnt 140 acres of it, saved probably 10,000 acres by doing mm-hmm. so. And they prosecuted and convicted this family, uh, a, a father's son, under domestic terrorism a law. Un- arson <laughs> under domestic terrorism law. Unfucking believable. Uh, yeah. So that that's what that whole thing was. They're they're like I said, ag, the the ag community, especially like the Western rancher, is fertile for the picking for the libertarian community. If somebody would spend a little time, yeah. you're talking so we, to a lot of libertarians who have never had sex. All you had to say is that they're fertile. They'd be in there <laughs> in like Flynn. <laughs> yeah, I, that that second. might be the biggest problem of the libertarian community is the lack of sex. Probably, like there, everybody is for it, but no, nobody's willing to go well, and get you know, it. You that's the biggest. Just, that's the biggest problem with the uh, what generation is behind the millennials generation? Uh, Gen Z, Gen, Gen Z. Z. Y? I think I it's know. Z, like Z H E. Isn't that what we call it now? And that, that's guess, a pronoun. Yeah. Like the what well, was funny how, is Jess Mears. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Jess Mears, but she would been running the communications uh for the libertarian party for a little while or at least helping out and she had tweeted out she goes if you could say what uh the libertarian party needs more than anything you know what would it be and i just tweeted at her sex and uh she didn't <laughs> yeah, like it I, she, she didn't she didn't retweet that one she no. didn't like that one <laughs> no 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 laughing face emoji <laughs> nothing fucking nothing even though i'm dead on accurate well, should we should we wrap this up? Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's... all right. Well, 
Well, pretty good. Hey, hey, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, yeah, let's, let's give you give you some time to uh, to plug your podcast and whatever else you got going on. Yeah. So me and Young Katie here, we're uh, she's she's my producer. I, I run a show called called Burning Daylight. Uh, you can find me wherever you get your podcast. Just Burning Daylight. No G on the burn in because we're hip and cool like that um <laughs> all the all the social media is uh it's either burning daylight or at move your ass uh m-o-v-e-y-e-r-a-s-s um, i don't think yeah I, I don't think i fucking follow you how hard well how dare you you gotta follow him on instagram you. that is that's a good follow uh, i will <laughs> i uh yeah please follow me i'm shadow banned like a son of a bitch um but uh we i just i it's called a podcast for the working cowboy because that's you know, I'm going to pull my best Dan Aykroyd from Tommy Boy because that's who I am. That's who I care about. Um, but uh, you can learn a lot. We, we talk a little bit of liberty, we, and we tell a ton of dick jokes. So um, <laughs> check us out. Uh, post three times a week, and it's, it's usually a good time. Sometimes it's not even dick jokes, jokes. It's just talking about the best way to castrate an animal for at yeah. length. That's, well, and this, yeah, and the, how can you the be guy I was. The guy I was talking to has been doing it for 72 years, so that's pretty cool, too. <laughs> that's um, a lot. Wait, has he, is castrating from birth, or is he like 82? He's 89, or almost oh, 89. Okay. And he's, <laughs> so he's, he's been 15. a working, working cowboy for 72 years. Uh, Damn, man. Yeah. I can, that's, wow. Well, you guys must not gallop a lot, then. You must, it's just a slow stroll. Oh, no, no. See, uh, this guy's... Well, his name's Billy, but uh, his nickname is Boots, and that's what everybody calls him. Um, no, he's he's a legit cowboy. He can he can he he's employed by one of the bigger ranches in the U.S. And uh, they've actually told him I don't know that the ranch just sold, so that that part's up in the air. But uh, the the previous owner told him that like he could die on that ranch even if he's not working there. So he, he's <laughs> been there, and that's. He he's got enough money where he can move to town, but he likes watching them bring the horses in in the morning. And uh, he's uh, he's he's quite the character. I've got a I've somehow convinced him to uh, to do a show with me every Sunday, and it's it's pretty fucking rad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, that's a life. I know we're wrapping. Up. I'll, I'll keep you short, but that's a life that I could I could see myself enjoying honestly. Um, yeah. And also, I look forward to if I ever do get into that life, I look forward to finding Curly's gold. There you no, go. Nobody, um, there you go. Sid, Billy Crystal. City, City Slickers. Yes, thank you. There well, we go. See, we're all going out. Right. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, it, it's a great movie. It actually made our uh, our March Madness tournament at the top 64. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So. Awesome. Kate, did you have anything you wanted to uh, talk about or plug here? Uh, yeah, if, if you want to give me a shout. I'm not posting a ton right now, but you can watch my uh, – find out more about homesteading and farming and uh, – you can watch my fall from grace uh, on my Instagram, which is Meadowdale Farm. Um, but also, yeah, check it, check out the Burning Daylight podcast. Um, I'm on there shooting the shit with Matt a fair amount, mostly talking about politics. So it's a good time. There you go. All right. Well, All right from well, Matt, from Kate. I, it. No, I, 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 I was oh, about yeah, to man, sign off, and that was that was awkward. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. Appreciate you too, Matt. Sorry I cut well, you off. No worries, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was awesome. This was fun. Yeah, good time. We'll do it again sometime. So from uh, from Kate, from Matt, from Brian, from Odie, this is the Lions of Liberty signing off.
All right, that is a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another bonus edition. We've been bringing you guys incredible content. Uh, This past week, one of the best weeks we've ever had on Lions of Liberty, and the download numbers show it. So if you're a new listener, please consider subscribing to the podcast. I know there's like so many freaking podcasts out there and libertarian podcasts, but you know, I honestly believe that the content that we bring you here that we've brought for the past however many years, uh, six years, I don't even know. It's ridiculous. But longer than that, seven years, eight years maybe, including uh, when Mark started, because Mark started before me. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's been a long time. We've been doing it for a long time, and uh, I honestly think that we are in our prime right now producing the best content we've ever produced. Everyone's hitting on all cylinders. Mark on Monday with the flagship program. Of course, this week, uh, the next episode you guys will hear will be with Dave Smith and Tho Bishop. Wednesday, Brian McWilliams has been crushing it. Uh, last week's interview with Hotep Jesus and Thaddeus Russell was, that was down in history is one of the most amazing podcasts uh, of all time. Just, just so, so great. Can't even put it into words what happened in that podcast. If you haven't heard it, for the love of God, go back and listen to it. And, of course, I had the episode last week with Scott Horton. It's just been an amazing, amazing time here. Um, and, of course, my show on Thursday is Finding Freedom. And uh, I got some great episodes coming up. I'm talking to a documentary filmmaker uh, next Thursday. The doc is called They Say It Can't Be Done. It focuses on some pretty crazy new technologies, the printing of organs, uh, the uh, the pulling out of, uh, of CO2 out of the air using uh, synthetic trees. Interesting stuff. And you don't want to miss it. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons with Finding Freedom why I expanded away from Felony Friday because I wanted to, to talk about a lot of stuff that I am interested in. I mean, we've earned your subscription at this point. If you haven't subscribed to Lions of Liberty podcast, I don't know why you haven't. Um, you know it. I know it. We all know you should subscribe right now if you haven't to the Lions of Liberty podcast. So go do it right now. Leave us a uh, five-star review and uh, leave us a nice comment too. And we'll appreciate it, guys. We appreciate all our supporters, especially our patrons. And if you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. All right. My spiel is up. It has been a long week for me and uh i'm looking forward to taking a little break here so i will talk to you all soon have a great weekend